0: Here we go, episode number 7 of League Talk. The best worlds ever. That was quite a statement, but I'm going to back it up and I'm going to tell you exactly why 2018 Worlds was the best worlds that anyone will have watched for a while. Possibly the next couple of years, but definitely the best worlds that has been aired yet. Let's talk about it. My name is Alex. I am a professional sports coach. I am currently working as a business developer for a coaching company. Um, I'm a tennis and football coach, but I am studying sports management at university um, on the side. I'm a bit of an esports enthusiast, and I've been a part of the League of Legends scene for about three, four, five years now, and have absolutely loved it since day one. But why is this the best worlds ever? Let's talk about the first point, the gap. Now, that's such a weird uh, terminology that's really thrown about in esports. The gap is closing. The gap isn't closing. This world has proved that the gap is closing. Now, there's so many different facets to this. The gap isn't closing. Here's the reasons why the gap isn't closing. And this is something that a lot of people are saying. I don't necessarily agree with this, but this is the reason why people believe that the gap is not closing. The gap is not closing because this world doesn't count. And I've never heard so much... (laughs) My opinion, I don't believe that at all. This world doesn't count because, what, like, Korea didn't play as well? uh, I don't understand that argument, but that is an argument, and I do get that that is an idea that goes with it. However, when people say that the gap is closing, and the gap, let's define that. The gap is between the best team, which has always, always, always in League of Legends been Korea, and everyone else. So the way that the gap has sort of been, this continuum, is Korea's at the top. About five spaces below is China, and about five spaces below that is everybody else. Now, this world has shown that if anything, the gap goes China, Europe, America, Korea, which is absolutely insane. And if you'd have told someone that six months ago, two months ago, a year ago, three years ago, they would have laughed you out the door, which I think is brilliant. And this is part of the reason why this is the best worlds yet. Now, this whole gap is closing trickles down into the next three points that I'm going to make, which is about viewership, predictability, and the narrative. But the gap is closing. The gap between the Korea and the rest is clearly closed. The reason is there is no Korea in semi-finals. There There is three Western teams and one Chinese team. There is Fnatic, there was G2, there was um, IG... And there was C9. Those were the four teams in the semi-finals. The final then got down to one Chinese team and uh, one European team. And this Worlds meta has not rewarded the general Korean playstyle, which is reactive, not active. So the Worlds meta has rewarded the active plays. Now, you know, that argument that this Worlds has not been the best is sort of mirrored by a tweet that Jess made, which is saying that the play is worse. Now, I don't Actually, believe that I don't believe that the play is any worse. I believe what has changed is the unpredictability, and the aggressiveness has changed. Where fifty-fifty plays are rewarded significantly more than the ninety-ten that were that were done. So maybe the issue is that it's not as calculated as we first thought. Um, Solo laners need to be more mechanical, and that's why IG have walked away with the world championship, I believe, because they're solo laners. So if you look at RNG and IG, RNG had always beaten IG, but RNG's top laner was Let Me and mid laner was Xiao They always played around their Eddie Carry Uzi. Now, the shy and rookie are the best two players in their role in the world, and they both fall on the same team, and they're the both both the solo laners in the meta where the solo laners are king. So. That, for me, has shown that the gap has closed between Korea, but has also shown that maybe China has flipped that gap, and Europe, America, Korea are all going to be chasing that. Now, this whole idea of a gap, I think, is slightly incorrect. I don't believe there, there necessarily is a gap as of yet. The reason why I think this is the best worlds ever is because it's going to set up for future worlds and future competition to be great. What people have been rewarded with this time is playing the playstyle that works for them. Vitality did it, they did really, really well. G2 did it, they did really, really well. Fnatic did it, they did really, really well. IG did it, they won the tournament. So, this gap, I think, won't be regional. I think it will be from the region, if it is regional, it will be from the regions that choose to play their own playstyle. If it's not regional, oh, also C9 did really well from playing their own playstyle. If it's not regional, it will be the teams that can adapt and play the way they want to play that best suits the meta. So, that is the first point. The gap is closing and has closed. Korea are no longer the powerhouse that they used to be, according to this Worlds. The reason why I think this is going to be the best Worlds ever, and it is the best Worlds to date is because the gap has now closed and it sets up wonderfully for the future worlds let's talk about point number two so for me point number two the second reason while this this has been the best worlds to date is the viewership numbers if you were to take everything away strip everything back from sort of this eudaimonic like uh let's think about this from a different perspective other than um you know numbers you take it from a very emotive standpoint to a very business-centred standpoint, for Riot, I believe this will be the best worlds ever. Um, This whole idea about the gap closing leads nicely into viewership. I believe that this has been a great worlds for viewers. If you look at the semi-final, they had an unbelievable semi-final on the cards that I don't think anyone could have wished for more than they did. The West versus the East was a narrative that was going on but now it was the it was Europe. Sorry, it wasn't even the West versus the East. It was the West, the Koreans versus the Koreans. Now it's been a West versus East scenario, and there's even been NA versus EU in the semi-finals of Worlds. So it's sort of the West versus the East again, um, where EU had NA in the semi-finals, which will have thrown unbelievable numbers up, and I'll come to the numbers um, because it hit records. Day one of the play-ins hit 708,000 viewers. And that's supposed to be the garbage part of Worlds. That's supposed to be the bit that no one's really interested in because that's the the teams that don't have a lot of uh, viewers for their for their regular season. But that has done incredibly well. Um, and according to the Esports Observer, this was done about a week ago. This was done before finals. They said that it's on track to smash 2017 Worlds, which is crazy. Um but if you look at the viewership numbers for the semi-finals, it hit a new record of, and this wasn't concurrent, but this was 150 million viewers for the semi-finals of Worlds. The finals numbers have not been released yet, as it was only yesterday at the time of recording this. Um, but if you were to think about the viewership numbers, I believe this has been the best for a really long time. Everyone's talking about the game dying, and I don't think Wright could have asked for anything better than what has happened this world. When people mention that the game is dying, there's not as many players... I believe players will be flocking back to the game after watching this World Championships. It has probably invigorated the people who do play even more to play further, to play better, to be the best they can be. And I believe that that has been shown during the viewership numbers. Now, I have never watched a World as intently as I did this one because it was so exciting and because for once we didn't know what was going to happen. That's going to lead nicely into point number three. The predictability has changed. The predictability of Worlds... ...was that Koreans were always going to win. Always. We would predict that from day one. But I'm going to talk about two things from predictability. I'm going to talk about the, na- the uh, region predictability... ...and the way the game is played. So the region predictability was that Korea was going to win. We got to the semi-finals and we knew that Korea couldn't win. Now that was a massive, massive step for the esports community... ...and a massive, massive step for all League of Legends viewers... So to get to the point where we know that Korea's not going to win, we now don't know who will. There was no favourite. The two favourites that were there were knocked out. The predictability of the World Championships dropped completely. We had no idea what was going to happen. People were hedging bets. Now, we know that IG did win, and they did absolutely trounce Fnatic. But why were people still betting Fnatic to win 3-0, 3-1, 3-2? Like, why, why was that the case? It was because it was so unpredictable absolutely no one knew what was going to happen and let's now talk about the type of playstyle predictability the playstyle has changed I touched on this a little bit earlier and the way that although Jesse says that the play is worse maybe it's just not as calculated as on first appearance it's about the solo lane as being more mechanical um, aggression in League of Legends makes the game unpredictable now Caps is known to be a very aggressive mid laner, but he made a lot of mistakes and came out and cashed out on a lot of plays as well. This was the exact definition of a 50-50 play. Aggression is making the game unpredictable. So Caps would go in and sometimes he would come away with a double kill in a 2v1 fight because he was playing a rally amid other times he goes 0-5 on Aurelia and ends up looking like he's losing the game for his team and that that did happen in game 1 and that has happened throughout a lot of the tournament but because the predictability of the game is changing, the viewership goes up, the gap is closed and it makes everything a lot more interesting. The other thing that's changed to do with playstyle is the meta is significantly more open, there are new picks we're talking about the Aurelia mid, we're talking Victor top Talking Sivir came into the meta, Lissandra, Fiora, Victor went bot as well. And I think the really important things to remember about this whole meta and this whole worlds was that the worlds meta drastically changed as time went on. What this did, and this did this really, really well, is that it made the worlds more interesting to watch as time goes on. It was this sort of micro microcosm of, of the meta being different. And, you know, we normally see the meta progress over weeks and weeks of play, in the regular split and this time it was completely different which made it really really interesting to me because let, let, let's think about it when when world started it was ergot atrox top it was kaiser adc um, and people were trying to pick different things into kaiser what eventually happened is kaiser lost priority altogether because people realized that if we pick Sivir and just push kaiser in well what's going to happen i'm going to outscale her anyway in a team fight we can fight front to back because they've got an ergot or an atrox and they can't get into the back line necessarily when Aatrox was into the meta and it was a skill match Ergo or Aatrox, all of a sudden we're looking at Victor Tops because that's a really bad matchup into, it's a really good matchup into Aatrox. And there was loads of different things that sort of progressed as time went on within this world championships and within this meta and the microcosm of this worlds. And it was completely different to anything we've seen before, bar the sort of MF pick into Zyra two years ago. Um, and, and those sort of open new picks that people can do and make has made the whole thing more interesting to watch, which has bumped up viewership again. So that's another point that I think shows the unpredictability of this world and how brilliant it has been because of that. And with playstyle as Papa Smith he said, he said there's no blueprint on how to play at the moment. And this is also something that Captain Flowers was saying on Hotline League where what was the way to play was that we will react to the plays that you make. What now is the way to play? is You can do that if you want. Go for it. But there's this way to play, and there's this way to play. There's 80 different ways to play. There's so many different numbers, so many different ways that you can play this game. It's totally dependent on your team. Take fights all the time like Vitality did. Put some weird picks up in the top lane like... Uh, c9 did play 131 like g2 did play a 5v5 comp like rng did put it all through your ad carry play the way Fnatic did where they're making early plays and early game plays and pushing people in and being aggressive all of these things work which is perfect for riot because this type or this version of game makes the average viewer enjoy the game a lot more it pumps action into the game and why would that ever be a bad thing a hundred things are going on all the time. It's like the difference in England. English people struggle with the idea of things like American football because it takes so long. What we don't struggle with is the fact that it could be really interesting to watch because there's so much that does go on. This is the exact same thing. People in England will struggle with football at times because it's not action-packed, there's a lot of backwards play. This is why people eventually will move to rugby in English culture because there's a lot more going on in rugby than there is football. Arguably. That is an opinion, not necessarily mine. But that makes it perfect for Riot um, because the average viewer will watch that or will see a highlight of that and go, oh, damn, like the final's going to be mad. Or the average viewer will watch the final and go, if that's the way the game's played now, I'm going to play that more. You watch, guaranteed, there'll be more people playing this game because of the World Championships, which probably does happen every year. I think the numbers will change. I think the numbers will go significantly higher this year because of that and I think that is literally perfect for Riot. This could not have come in a better time for this company with all of the struggles they've had with the game dying and all this and Fortnite all that sort of stuff. But that is point number three so the playstyle and the unpredictability of the game the predictability has completely gone it is now an unpredictable game. Number four let's talk about the narrative and I believe this is going to be one of the biggest things for the game for lots of different reasons. So the, let's talk about the first thing to do with the narrative is what, what was the narrative? Now we've spoken about this. It was the fact that Korea will always walk away with the win. Now what the narrative is, is Korea has lost. China has gone up. The West has gone up massively and shown a lot of promise. And that, that's the basic narrative. But all of the things that will trickle down from this. One of the other narratives is Europe is now going through their franchising. NA is now in their second year of franchising. They have learnt from their mistakes. Everyone has watched what has happened in this world and everyone will believe that they can do well. I think that is a massive, massive positive for everyone in this company and in this business. The fact that Korea has gone down will mean a lot of things change. Now, the off-season is one of the most fun parts for me because I love watching everything that changes and everything that happens in the off-season. And I think this will be one of the most interesting off-seasons for Korea. Reason being, SKT... I would be surprised if they are happy to continue with the team they have. A lot of people are going to be free agents. China have now got a bigger champion, pool, a bigger player pool. Will Chinese people now be moving to Korea rather than this mass Korean exodus that they had several years ago? So will SKT stay the same? Will KT stay the same? This team was built to build to win the World Championships, was one of the favourites and went out in the quarterfinals. All of a sudden narratives change. KT had the five best players they could put together and they probably were the five best players in their positions. And now they, what are they going to do? They failed the first year and they failed the second year. Genji, This team was well known for being a slow reactive team. That didn't work this meta. Does that mean that they will separate? Or does that mean that they hope that the meta will change? Or do they now know how to practice and how to be that team as well as being able to dip back to the team that they were before that? That's also a really interesting narrative. Fnatic. Does Reckless retire? I don't know. What happens with the rest of their team? How do we know what's going to happen? How do we know what's going on? Brox has signed a new contract, but will Cap stay his contracts up in 2018? All of these questions lead to a really interesting narrative that will play out throughout the year and then will culminate at the next World Championships. I think this narrative is the most interesting one we've had yet will korea be able to make it back to the top of the, their game will china have the dominance that korea has had for the last three four years five years maybe who we there's so many questions will the west actually be able to do it next time will na be better or will it just be cloud nine that gets out of groups again who we do, It's so many questions which lead to such an interesting narrative. Are we going to go back and have the same G2? Or is it going to try and be a better team, but be able to employ tactics that the old team used? Will they be able to do that? Will the new players be able to do that? There's so many amazing questions that's going to lead to such an interesting narrative throughout the year. But that concludes point number four. So this was episode seven of League Talk. It was to do with this being the best worlds to date the best worlds ever point number one the gap is closing or has closed the gap between korea and the rest has dissipated it now looks like china's on top will korea be able to close that gap between china, between the reigning champions china and korea point number two the viewership numbers of 150 million in the semi-finals will that ever be broken this was at a time where league was dying and it has broken the viewership record for world the world championships Point number three, the predictability of the game has changed. The predictability of who's going to win, what's going to happen has changed. The predictability of the game has changed. Aggression, the 50-50 plays are more important than the 90-10 ones. That means that other teams have now dissipated and lost because of that. And point number four, the narrative. Korea is gone, China's up, the West has improved. Will Korean teams change? And the last point that I want to make on the narrative is that this brings a brilliant time for the media. This is going to bring amazing content for everyone to now start talking about, everyone to now start reading, listening to, watching. I think this world will create a bubble for the future that will undeniably throw Riot Games further up and further than they have ever been before. Now that is my opinion. It is a bold one, but that is what I believe. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you do want to get in contact with me, come and uh, have a chat to me on Instagram or on Twitter for Instagram. It's at league underscore talk. On Twitter, it's league talk blog. I hope that when you listen to this, you gain value from it. That's what this podcast is hopefully about for you guys. If you do listen to it and you do gain value for it, please do get in contact. I would love to hear from you. Hopefully we've got some ideas in the work next weekend. So for this podcast in a week's time, I'm, I'd look to have booked a professional coach for the League of Legends scene to come and have a chat with me, I'm going to do a little talk and a League talk podcast with him. We've I'm hopefully going to be bringing out an ebook, and my Instagram game is going to step up like you haven't seen it before. So if you have enjoyed that, let's have a look at all of that together. Please get in contact. I hope you've had a great day. Have a great week. I'll see you on Wednesday.